you want me to turn the Wi-Fi off? <laughs> no, I have unlimited data plan. It's not going to help. Alright, seriously. Oh my god, I'm trying to spell microphones. It's not letting me. It's not letting you? <laughs> it's not you sure it's not letting you? Or are you sure that you can't? You're, you're doing something Mike. weird there. M-I-C-R-O. Mickey Mouse conspiracy. U-S-E. There is an episode right here. Mickey Mouse. <clears throat> Donald Duck. Forever may we wave our banners high. High, high. Like dark Disney stuff. Dark Disney stuff? We could do an episode on that. It's called Dead. Disney After Dark. There was a rock band that did that. Oh. Is that our next episode? Dark Disney? It can be. I mean, this is Mackenzie Poltergeist right now. That's what we're recording at this moment. Who is she? She is not a she. I like Dark Disney. So we can talk about all the people that have died there that no one knows about. There's a lot. And all the mean things they do to the Disney employees. Okay, that's cool. Alright, so <laughs> Mackenzie Poltergeist. Greyfair Cemetery. How do you say that again? Greyfairs. Greyfairs? Mm-hmm. Greyfriars. Greyfriars. The Friars Club. It was the fire. I'm going to stop. Whoa. Let's do that. Let's just shake it out. Everybody shake it out a little. Shake it out. Take a deep breath. Let's get into it. Mackenzie Poltergeist. Mackenzie Poltergeist. Dun dun dun! So what do we know about this poltergeist? What? What? Wait. What? What are we? Who, who are we? You're asking that question tonight. We're cake babble. Cake babble. You should have. Well, parababble. Parababble. Who we, we are? Parababble. What we do? We talk. babble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I Where went can you find us? Podbean. Stitcher. Facebook. Spotify. iTunes. Are we missing any, Rob? Yep. Parabellopodcast at gmail.com. There. See? That's why we oh. That's why we need mm-hmm. you. That was the biggest one of them all. Not really. What one's the biggest one? iTunes? Spotify or iTunes? Spotify. How's our Spotify uh, crowd looking? Great. Oh, super. <laughs> did, you, did you listen to the last episode? No. Oh. We love Spotify. Spotify is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can reach out to anybody and everybody. <clears throat> I just turned on the radio today, though. That Alice, day. Alice Ann. I think Alice might have poltergeist in her eyes. She's blinking. Well, Maybe. He just tried to make a stay on topic there. I know. That's pretty good. I know. Well, Especially because it was Jeff. That's weird. Yeah. What, are are you, you really you right now? <laughs> are you saying that I'm the one that causes us to go off topic? Oh, no. I never <laughs> said that at all. Never said that. Nope. Never implied it? The words never came out of my mouth. Oh, but every look, body twitch. Yeah, but nobody sees roll. any of that. <laughs> I do, and then I feel bad. <laughs> oh. I feel negative. Oh, well, you are negative. Like negative I'm looking at Rob. Spirits. No, like negative six. Oh yeah, your your microphone level. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, you're not negative six. You're like negative four. Oh, I'm still That's a loser. So bad. Though. I'm a negative. Yeah. You're a loser, baby. Yeah. All right. All right, this so Mackenzie Poltergeist. This is our Halloween edition. Ooh, we thought we'd go pretty low scary. key. We didn't have a big party. We didn't do any of that craziness. There might still be another Halloween one that comes out. We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, well, I we don't c- know the schedule. I mean, I did bring the apples just in case we we're gonna mm-hmm. bob for them. We do what the fans tell us to do. If they demand mm-hmm. another Halloween episode, we will do one. 
All right. Yep. So where can you reach us at? We just talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) Parabible podcast? Yeah. At gmail.com. Tell us what you want us to do other than get off the air. Okay. So let's seriously talk about the Mackenzie Poltergeist, right? Yeah. Why do we want to talk about it in the first place? Because people go there and they get scared and they get hurt. Yeah, they do. And I didn't really know about any of this until you mentioned it, right? Mm -hmm. All these um, paranormal people going there and... um, Leaving with scratches, bruises, burns, burns. They're getting jacked up, and um, as far as I know, out of our group and the three of us, in you know, just talking in the show here, have we ever walked out with scratches and burns? Nope. Bruises? No. Nope. Unless I've bumped into something on my own in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Have we had any attachments? No. No. What would you qualify as an attachment? I know. Does so it have to stay for a certain amount of time? Something that comes home with you that's not supposed to be there. Okay, I've had that once. But this place that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. which is Mackenzie Poltergeist Greyfriars Cemetery. Yep. It's in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yes, it is. What else would you like to know? Wow, someone did their homework tonight. <laughs> not mm-hmm. really, but yes. That's all she knows, folks. <laughs> the rest is going to be ad lib. Oh, no. Um, this place is notorious. Like I said, I didn't know anything until you said something about it, Allison. And there are just multiple hundreds of reports when um, people go there to tour or ghost hunt, leaving there with um, all kinds of issues. And even to the point in the research that these issues were carrying back to their homes in different places, which they have a really good theory about how this happens. And when we get to that part of the research I'll it kind of fascinated me a little bit like I've never heard it put that way so one of the things that first intrigued me about this whole case is the fact that there's so much documentation on it so you know typically when people go and they start doing ghost hunts at a location you might get you know an episode here there you might get some first-hand accounts Mm -hmm. you're gonna get some pictures of things circled that you can't actually see you know things that you know the red circle right Evidence, but is it really evidence? You don't really know, right? right? But there are so many accounts of people being physically touched, hurt, pushed, pulled on, um, and not just paranormal investigators, like just regular people coming there to take a tour because it's open to everyone. Right. I mean, it's still like an active tourism location. Yeah, it's open for its historical value. Mm-hmm. And because there's so much going on there, it's also opened in the sense for ghost hunters and paranormal tours. So the history of it is kind of crazy. I mean, you guys might have some more stuff. Basically, yeah. King Charles II, he came into power and then changed mm-hmm. some religious laws and basically started persecuting a huge group of people. And killed a bunch of people because they wouldn't conform to his... His ways. Yes. Um, He burned, quote-unquote, witches at the stake there. Um, Just like mass murder. So that's one of the theories that people think is why there's so much torment there. Well, yeah, and uh, King Charles, he appointed George Mackenzie to do all that for him. Yes. And then when George Mackenzie died... He kept doing it. Yeah, he keeps doing it. Well, well, they put him there in the mausoleum. Right? Well, that's in the black like, mausoleum. Yeah, yeah the black like the vault. They call it, yeah. And a lot of his victims are laid to rest there as well. So, and this is where a lot of the mm-hmm. 
the history of the, the paranormal is coming through because mm-hmm. it's right on there. But I don't. So I think it was like the 1980s when they started seeing some of this issue, right? That's about as far back as I could find evidence of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got information from 1998. Yeah. It said that it all started when a homeless man broke into George McKenzie's mausoleum. Yeah. Let's talk about this. And he fell into man. a hole, right? Yeah, he fell into a hole, and there was like other bodies down there, which were pretty much putrefied, mm-hmm. liquid. They'd just been sitting under the. They think it surface. was like plague victims or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that gentleman did get out, but he was never heard from again. And I know that at one point they tried to have it exercised. Yep. And the guy that came to do the exorcism said that he couldn't because it was so evil, and then he died of, like, a heart attack very shortly after that. Yeah, a few weeks after that. Yep. So it's got all the makings of a very good haunting, right? Yes. It's got, like, tormented history, a lot of, like, bad, evil stuff happened. It's got, you know, the religious element of somebody trying to come in and exorcise the demons. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do it. So it's it's like it's checking every box here, right? When we talk about it. Yeah, it's covering a lot. I mean, I think the only thing that was confusing for me is that they call it the poltergeist. That's probably made up by somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Right, because it's <laughs> not really a poltergeist of any sort. It's not no. like doing the typical poltergeist things, which would be like what? Like when we see typical poltergeist hauntings, things are being moved around, stacked up in weird ways. Uh, chairs, different things moving. Mm-hmm. Anything, and objects moving around. Not necessarily the cause of a ghost. Right. Using quotes. Could, yeah, it could be, be like amped up teenage angst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could well, that could be their version of what they. But again, paranormal stuff's pretty universal, right? By now. Yeah. It, to me, it didn't strike me as a poltergeist type case. It just seems like it's a pretty intensive negative haunting. But I guess you got to call it something, right? And Poltergeist is a pretty good place to start with. Yeah, I mean, it, it's catchier than the Mackenzie negative haunting. Is there, like, a little girl running around the cemetery like, he's here? In white? <laughs> there should be. Because <laughs> um, they do try to rile George up, don't they? Who I feel does? Like, I feel like when I've seen some of the stuff that people have done there for Paranormal... Well, you know, he kind of deserves it. He seems like he was kind of a dick. Yeah, that's... that's well, that was it. You know, they had that big battle mm-hmm. at the... What is it? The... Uh, Bothwell Bridge, because that's kind of where this all started. Um, they took 3,000 of the Covenant people. They were captured. Um, 1,200 of them, somewhere around there, uh, were beheaded, killed, remains, diseases, harsh winters. They all died off. Um, Mackenzie himself, they have a reported number that he was somehow had his hand in at least 18,000 deaths. So... The guy was racking up numbers, and, you know, that's kind of like the, the beginning of that little basis right there. And then that's where we jumped into, you know, like this, the homeless man falling in the pit because he was just doing his thing. And um, But what I wanted to go at, you were talking about, like, some of the stories and stuff. Um, since 1998, there's been 450 attacks reported. Um, 180 people have lost consciousness unexplained fires, uh, cold spots, dead wildlife. I mean, there's all kinds of different things, but just the number alone of 450 attacks reported in a place like this. 
That's attacks. That's not sightings or experiences. Or, yeah, or I thought something, something touched me or something like yeah, that. I heard That's something. straight up. And then people have lost consciousness. 180 people have lost consciousness. Well, I've seen pictures of the burns, the scratches. I mean, it's pretty, it's not just like a little <laughs> scratch. I mean, they're pretty significant things that people are having happen to them. And one of the things I find so weird about this is that, like, we've been in this field for, what, 10 years now? Mm -hmm. A little more than 10 years? This was the first time I ever came across this story about this place. So it's like either it's a really well-kept secret outside of, like, the U.K., because I don't has this ever been on any of the major ghost shows? Like I haven't seen them. I, I didn't find anything about that, and it's curious to me, because if this is, like, such a true place where all this stuff is happening, you'd think that that would be, like... No brainer, right? You would think mm -hmm. that Zach yep. Higgins would have been there by now. Right. Riling it up. Mm-hmm. Zacky boy. Demons. That's his thing. Yeah, we have and you know, you gotta think about like when Halloween rolls around, how many shows about like the top fifty haunted places in the world, top ten in the city, top I've never seen this. Nope. Maybe we just went, eh? Maybe they don't want the publicity. Yeah, but somebody knows about it. I mean well. If it's a public place, things happen there. Well, once I found out about it and, like, I started looking at it, then a lot more stuff started popping up with it. And one of the things that really shocked me was the photographs of people. And I even was watching a clip on YouTube from a paranormal group that was there. And one of the girls that was kind of, and she was doing a little of the instigating, you know. She was saying some stuff. But the camera was on her. She had her arms crossed the whole time. And scratches appeared on her neck. I mean, and they were pretty significant scratches. They weren't just like little, you know. And you're watching her the whole time. So how she could have scratched herself, I don't know. I don't think that that's plausible. So you saw the scratches actually form on her neck? Yep. You see her, and all of a sudden it just starts to get red. And then as they come closer with the camera, you can see them actually, it looks like scratch marks down the side hmm. of her neck. Well, you got to, with a grain of salt, too, but if you saw that on TV and that happened that way, you know, it all comes to TV again. You know, what's real, what's not, but it's actually been happening. You know, you can't take in, always take in the whole justification of TV because it's for ratings, but still, in our field, we've seen and heard stories that are unexplainable. Well, and, the burns are weird, though, too. Right, right. Like, thinking about that, knowing how some of the people died there... Okay, so they mm -hmm. were beheaded, they were burned, they were, you know, left for dead, all of these things. How many stories have you ever heard about paranormal attacks where people have been burned? Not many, if any. Buildings burning or something crazy like that. And you could scratch yourself, right? Absolutely. You could lean up against something and scratch yourself. I mean, if you wanted to, like, try to fake that, that's a lot easier yeah. than <clears throat> burning yourself. Like, where are you doing that? I mean, I even saw there was reports of people having broken fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could fake that, but... Why? You're pretty... Yeah, exactly. Why? What's that going to get you 15 minutes mm -hmm. of fame? Yeah, not even. Or you're going to become a tour guide there? I wouldn't want to be a tour guide there if something broke my finger. See, that would interest me, I think, more. Of course it would. <laughs> Just see this person <laughs> showing up to work every day with finger splints on all their fingers. Like, who's this don't guy? This way. This is don't worry about me. I'm Just your tour guy, Jeff. <laughs> every time they show up, they got like a new yeah. piece of protective equipment on. <laughs> Pretty soon they're like walking around with like, like a, a bad Monty Python full body cast. Like, <laughs> that would be fun. I, but okay, 
I know we don't look for negative stuff in when we do these hunts and stuff, but this place seems like the perfect hotbed to go to if you want to get scared and reach out. All, I mean, all these different Yeah, if you want to get hurt, sure. You know, there's a, uh, well, no, but we definitely want to challenge the system. Well, I don't know. If you're telling me that there's over 400 people that have been hurt there. Yeah, 450. I mean, I'm good with knowing that information. <laughs> I don't 180 think I people, need to like, unconscious. It. I don't know if they fell through things. It's or, so crazy. Uh, yeah. I, but so the way they built and this. And why is it still open to the public? It's, um, it's, a, it's a cash grab. It's money. They so probably repair the buildings. It probably goes to uh, pay people. I mean, I get it, but. I mean, it's like it's like any other place where if you know you have a haunted establishment, you think kids, you need to pay taxes on it. People are like bringing yeah. their kids there, Are kids going there on like school trips. I mean, Absolutely stupid thing. enough. Well, you know, is this any more historical than any place that we go to in the states, or is it just historical because it's overseas? It's I in mean, the UK. It's a cemetery too, so it's like, can they really close it off to the public? I mean, no. to a certain extent, like, you can close at night or whatever, but... Right. It, let, let, let's hold off for a minute on this. We're always taught that cemeteries don't have any activity. Mm-hmm. Why, why do the souls and spirits want to hang out where they're at, where they're dead? They want to go somewhere else. So... Were they killed at this location? I don't have that information. Um, I do not... I Well, the bodies were buried all in, in these... In the, in the floorboards underneath the wells... But the whole idea I get out of that is... Mass graves, not proper burials. Right, mm-hmm. and if you die violently, saying they're chopping people's heads off, that's a violent... Your spirit doesn't leave. You know, that's the theory. Your well, your spirit might leave, but your energy is going to... Your energy is going to stay there. You're going to yeah. get that imprint. So could that have all been that way, and then they just did that? Absolutely, because according to these guys, you know, you walk in there, you know, you better have a helmet and baseball bat. Well, and you got to think about... What's the mausoleum made out of? What are the gravestones made out of? Hmm. What's the building made out of? Uh, limestone? Maybe little quartz? I mean, you know, it's not a wonder to me that if 18,000 people died in that area violently, that there could be some energy left over. Right. You know, that could have, like, been absorbed by some of the stuff there. I mean, the theory of it makes sense. The, I think what doesn't make sense to me is why people continuously want to go there just for the chance to be hurt. Why do we go ghost hunt? Not us, but why does the... <laughs> the uh, well, why you, does you're gonna, you're do gonna anything, know, You're going to know where I'm going. <laughs> why do the general population, I mean, obviously around Halloween, but so ghost hunt, why, why do we go and do it? Well, when you say we, I think you have to... Why do people... Want to go and do it because I think people like us don't want to do it for the same reasons. That's why we don't like group hunts. That's why we don't, you know, want to go on these public crusades that people are doing because we're not we're not like the general public. What I think the general public want the general public wants to be scared, right? Okay. That's what they right. want. They want the adrenaline rush. They want to be scared. They want something to pop out. You know, they want something Scratches. to happen. I mean, I guess so. Hair pulled, but touched, that, pushed. It's crazy. Some of them might just not believe it. You know, you get the well, big guy going gonna, in like, oh, get, this is all fake, you're all... Right, and that know. dude gets sliced up like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like Bloody George by Bloody George. Bloody so, McKenzie. He just slices and dices them. 
But that's why people do want to go because that is the whole lot. I'm going to say probably, like you said, a good portion of that is like, yeah, it's all crap. It's crap. It's crap. And you go there and all these people are having these different incidents. Well, if you think 450 people spread that out since 1998, so whatever that works out to, I mean, we'll even know. take it by a year. But still, I would want to go to a place like that because there is heavy activity. I'd want that place with us alone to see what we can get out of that and understand and challenge. I honestly don't know if I would investigate this place. Well, that's because you don't like getting into demon nini stuff. <laughs> demon It's not demon nini it's we know who we, we know who he is. Yeah. Okay, but why wouldn't you want to do it then? Um, because I think for me, what would be the point? So if I did get hurt, I could say, yeah, I got hurt. And if I didn't get hurt, I could say, I didn't get hurt. So <laughs> let's go to Mother Teresa's hut because we know we're safe and maybe hope for contact. No, I just, I didn't get into this to like prove that something could physically hurt me. I got into it to No, no, we're not we're trying but we're not trying to trying to get hurt. Every every mm. build But every if you go to a place, if you go to a place where you know that that is a very real possibility because it's happened so many times, then what else are you going there for? To exactly. ask to ask George not to exactly. hurt you. Exactly. <laughs> How many places have we gone to that we know that there's activity that's pretty heavy? People getting pushed or cold cold places. You go because you want to experience it but you want to know why also i mean you hear those claims but i think in looking at the history of a place where you hear those claims mm -hmm. there's not eighteen thousand people that were died that died violently there okay this is a grander scale yes way more way more and way more documentation and way more evidence that chances are something bad is going to happen to you there and that's just not something that i would care to to be a part of just go in there and be like, uh, hey, George, uh, we'll go along with your religion. Yeah. <laughs> just go in there and just, be like, hey, George, uh, so just scratch going. Jeff, please, because yeah, we Jeff don't. Doesn't believe. Jeff will take it for the team. <laughs> Jeff so we got 10 meters of the team. Religion, hey, that's 30 scratches, please. <laughs> but then you'll piss off the 18,000 people he killed <laughs> that got brutally murdered for saying no to George. I just don't know what relevance you, you're getting out of that kind of experience <laughs> in researching paranormal activity. Don't we want to see the uh, the ugly side of things? I mean, it's you not, mean, no matter how violent you get injured, I guess it's really almost impossible to make some piece of solid evidence out of it. It's like, oh, you broke your finger there? Okay. So, we're, so we're picking and choosing. It's like, how do you prove that the ghost broke your finger? How do you prove that the ghost burned you? 450 people have a lot of different opinions. So we're we're in a sense, okay. I, I take it you don't want to go either. Well, I don't know. It depends, I guess. I mean, yeah, I'm I definitely be, trying to I pick. An, be, I'm picking a fight right now. I wouldn't be going to try and get hurt like that. I'd be going to try and find like. Well, we, well yeah, we're not going to go because we want to see evidence. if we get hurt. I yeah. want to get. I want to get scratched. Oh, I want to get thrown down. I guess what I'm trying to say is like all these injuries and stuff. You can't take them as any kind of like evidence of anything. Then we can't take anything as evidence if we go to an asylum or a haunted house, right? Until we yeah, stand by our golden rules of, you know, you have confirmation or there's somebody else there that can verify that them things are happening. I mean, I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that it can't happen. I think if 
you have enough potential for something negative, and you do here, right? It's got, like we said, it Absolutely. checks all the boxes. And people go in there and they start trying to rile crap up because that's what I've seen people do when I've seen the videos that people post and things that happen there. They're like, come on, George, come get me. Oh, I don't believe in you. Blah, blah. They're saying all this stupid crap. So they're intentionally trying to mm-hmm. piss something off. I don't think that the people that get hurt there are the ones that are just like, oh, look at how pretty the architecture is here. You know, I don't think those are the people that it's happening to. I think it's the people that are trying to look for something like that. And I just, for myself, don't want to put myself in an environment where there's that much negative energy. I just don't see what any, what good could come out of any of it. And it's like Rob said, so you do get scratched. Okay, you can say that that happened, but what do you do with it after that? Mm-hmm. Unless you get it on video, like apparently that person on YouTube did. It's like you have no way to, to prove it in any way. Like at least with an EVP, you could throw it out there. Like this is an audio recording or a video recording. Like this is the video. Take a look at it. It is what whatever it is. I go in there investigating full bore like we normally would. Mm-hmm. That would be me. I wouldn't yeah. go, knowing what I know about a place like this, I wouldn't go there. I would probably have... Yeah, Allison's mind is already ticking. I would, I would go in there, ready to do an investigation and see where it goes. But knowing all this information, I'm not going to go in there and step out of my way to piss them off. I'm going to do a normal investigation that we would. We would ask the questions: Are you trapped here? Are you doing this? We're not known. Prone is not known for going into places and tearing it up just to get a reaction. Obviously, there's going to be a percentage of people who are skeptic or just assholes who want to do this and get it on videotape and get their 15 seconds of fame, which never really happens. So I, for me, I would want to go into this place because of it. Um, Edinburgh, they, uh, they didn't really see this as a problem until they started having more and more accounts. There was a, a woman that was standing by the gates that was invisibly... She had invisible hands, like just like choking her as she was standing by this gate. Um, there was a man that was uh, found uh, laying across by the vault out outside, and he was down and out. So the city started to see that this place is a, a big issue, and they closed it off. They said, "No enter zone. We can't do anything with it." Till this guy came along, a local author. Um, um, Jan Andrew Henderson. He asked for permission to go on there and do tours of the mausoleum. And he wanted to get this all put together because obviously he's going to write a book. And miraculously, the city said yes, but there was, it was going to be a controlled thing. It wasn't going to be a free for all. And he started naming these tours the City of the Dead due to its history. And from that point on, the paranormal activity in the building started to spike. And then they realized what was going on. Uh, you know, now now this this black mausoleum, black vault, whatever you want to call it, um, it's now a hotspot. So you got all these people coming in. And like we said, we have the accounts of attacks and different things like that. The broken fingers, hair pulled, punches, um, being kicked. You know, I don't know. Uh, everything, equipment failure. Um, and it's not really black, right? It's because of like the way that the stone is aged. Yeah. 
It's not really black. No, it's not. No, it's no. not. They no, say no, no, it's no, the no. black mausoleum, but it's really just because of the patina that's on the the stone. So as this is going along, this um, Jan um, Henderson is writing a book on this place. He's putting the history together. He's doing the tours. He's taking he's taking down the different stuff that, you know, the accounts with the, the tours. And um, there's a police officer that worked there. I don't know if you came across the store. I'm sorry. No. Uh, are we go. on? Yeah, we on? there you go. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. A pee break. Um, there's an ex-police officer working there, and he bought um, Mr. Henderson's book. He took it home. He started reading it, read it for a couple of days, and one of the nights he was reading it, he realized he started to feel a hot flash on him, and he had three burn marks. He said, okay, maybe I'm crazy. So he finished the book. It happened. He gave the book to his mom because his mom was an avid reader. Same thing happened to the mom. Now, we're starting to see this this poltergeisty activity or whatever you want to call it extend past this building or the, the cemetery and the, the surrounding grounds. So now we have this stuff attaching and it, the stories are getting bigger and there's really the phenomenon behind all of this is, you know, the whole attachment thing. Um, so Henderson, who handles all these tours, he was really involved. And as we know, if you are a caretaker of some of these places or you're on the premises of houses and you're the main person there, what starts to happen? The dead start to get a hold of you, or you start having interaction. Start you be- going crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. You become that. Um, the you become that focal point that they reach to. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Looney Tunes at the asylum. Mm, not you. Oh. But you got away. You weren't there twenty four seven. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. So this Henderson became this the point. He had a mysterious fire in his office. Everything that he had owned about the Black Vault, all the stories, all the artifacts, everything collected, gone, done. No trace of it, burned to the ground. So now it's starting to reach out. And meanwhile, they're still doing these tours because it's, it's of building. Of course they it's, are. It's the hype machine. Yeah. And, and like you said, um, Two exorcisms have been there, done there by uh, a minister, Grant. And then years later, when the first one didn't work, uh, his son came through to do it. And no dice. And there's n- the, the activity is just increasing. So I also think with the activity crease increasing, you're, you're feeding that energy. Well, again, you're having a Catholic priest come in and try to exercise a place that was known for different kinds of religion. So... Yeah, and very sensitively so, too, since they were brutally murdered because of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. you know, it, there's no, it's, it doesn't phase me at all that the exorcisms didn't work because also, you know, not everybody's Catholic. It's supposed to be exorcising demons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, that yeah. part of the story meant for me because. I, I don't know. Exorcism. You because overseas, they're very serious about their religion. I'm sure that exorcism really does exist on some level. Level, yes. Right. I'm sure that some of the crazy stories you hear about, 
you know, 14-year-old girls in Brazil climbing up the side of a wall with, you know, their heads spinning around as they're talking in Latin probably does really happen. Faked or fact. And priests probably do come in from the Catholic church when the people that are needing the exorcisms are Catholic and perform those exorcisms and for whatever reason they work. Under certain terms. What bothers me so much is that we just automatically are like, oh, there's something wrong. Oh, get a priest. <laughs> well, yeah. And it, it, it does make sense. Who cares like, if they're Jewish? Get a priest. Anything. Anything that <laughs> represents cares? a holiness. Who, fix cares they, who cares if they're agnostic? Get a priest. <laughs> you got a title on it? All right. You got a certificate? Okay. And that you, you fight your battle with that. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like anything, you know. And... And here's the other thing with, like, owners of places like this. Uh, oh, by the way, this is deja vu, but we'll get on this on a different topic. I'm having deja vu right now. Um, these owners, how well um, researched or um, knowledge are they when it comes to, hey, we'll just get a priest or we'll get, we'll get somebody. You know, are you doing the right thing for the right situation? Well, or people just always reach somebody? out to what they know first, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I totally get why people do it. But you would think that the priest would say, "Yeah, this is really not something I should or could be doing. Because we have heard circumstances like that where people have asked priests to come in and they've refused to bless houses and do things because the family's not Catholic. Right. So, I mean, I guess, you know, there are some priests out there that would say, no, I can't perform it. But that's because the family living there isn't Catholic, not because. Oh, You know really? what I mean? Now yeah. you, oh, oh. But I think. I a different. <laughs> just to kind of go to your point here, I mean. I wonder how much the human psyche plays into this stuff too, right? Because if you are going to a place where you're already expecting something to happen, because we always talk like thoughts are things, right? Mm -hmm. And if you hear all these stories and you hear about all this potential to be hurt, you know, can you manifest something happening that isn't really happening? Can you scare yourself? Can you scare yourself on a quiet night when you're a kid? Could you have brushed up against something and maybe not realized it and then 10 minutes later think that something's happened because you're predisposed to thinking that something is going to happen? Mind over matter? Your mind's the strongest. The scratches and the cuts I have a hard problem with. It's the burns Maybe they have radi radiator heating at the cemetery. I mean, because somebody would have yeah. to physically, like, hold something <laughs> hot. But think about it. Yeah. You know, like, they'd have to hold something hot yeah. to their skin for long enough for it to cause a burn. A burn. Without them going, oh, shit, that's hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's, like, serious. I don't know. The burning stuff really gets, yeah. uh, that kind of, that gets me because I don't really know how you would fake that or why you would fake that. Well, we know that some of the things that they experience there, you know, the, there's the stench of sulfur. There's baffling aroma that they can't put together that hangs out. Yeah, it's death. Uh, well, yeah. They hear laughing and growling, which, you know. And they hear knocking from beneath the ground level, so from underneath. Do they hear children? No. And surprisingly? No, surprisingly, there's no Christmas room either. <laughs> um, so... If all these people died on this property, like they're, they have like a, a, a mass burial out there with like 500,000 people and it's a rolling hill kind of thing and it's like 15 to 20 feet high and it's actually come down a little bit. So when they go through their rainy season and stuff, um, 
bones are coming through. I mean, they're washing out. Um, it sounds like such a movie, like, oh, you know, you're just by the side of a creek bed, and hey, there's an arm or a, a fibula or whatever. Um, there's been a ton of shadows, shadow people spotted in the graveyard. Now, mm, that's mm, tough. That's tough because it could be people at night just kind of walking around. But, you know, shadows, I mean, you're outside. It could you're be. outside, right? Yeah. Um, could it actually be shadows? I would say, yeah, if there's such a negative imprint there. Mm-hmm. You could, but to decipher it again, it's going to have to come down to your eyes, you know, and verification somehow or pictures or anything. Right. Well, I wouldn't even trust pictures at this point these days because no. we can do anything. If there's 5,000 people buried there, I mean, 500,000, how many do you need for there to be a haunting still sticking around? One. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't need everybody there. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and it might not even be anybody from there. It could just be, you know, things being attracted to that coming through there because the energy signature is so high. That's the other thing. That's the other thing we've always touched on. You know, we're finding spirits that are ending up in places that, you know, there's a good amount of stuff going on. That's just going to pull people through. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've heard this theory since like day one. You know, all this negative energy or energy in general, you're bringing along, you're right. letting it flow through. They're just passing through or they're sticking around or they were there. It's visitation or they're, mm-hmm. they're there. Um, so with all of this going on, uh, they came up with this theory. And I don't think I've ever heard it. Maybe you guys have. Ooh, a theory we haven't heard, Rob. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I, I want to be able to say this right. Yes, please do, because now we're super intrigued. Oh, that's all I got. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with all this negative energy that is at this vault and at this place, um, and you got people come in who are probably already jacked up on it saying, oh, this is going to be great, it's evil, it's dark, it's this. The energy level is popping up. So there, there's a theory that the pheromones. Oh. Um, Researchers have theorized that with the dead being buried there, our bodies in give off a pheromone, a certain smell. For those who don't know pheromones, you know, when you meet somebody... Yeah, we all have them. Got it. Yep. All right. That you have this energy imprint there, and the pheromones, they trail from one place to the next, too. So... If I'm dead, and you kind of come by me, Allison, in this, this vault or whatever you're visiting. The pheromone from me, which would still be there if their bodies is still there, the poltergeist itself would travel on this pheromone line and reach to you. And they're thinking this is how people are getting things attached to them. So now we're going into attachments. How do, how do spirits attach to you? So they, they have this theory that from that poltergeist or that dead negative energy, we'll call it, to an actual person coming through this tour, there's a pheromone that our bodies connect. We all have them, like you said, and the poltergeist from that spirit will travel to the live human. And this is how we're getting them outside of Edinburgh and stories that are going everywhere. Okay, you want me to tell you why that's not true and why it can't be true? I'm just putting it out there. So pheromones 
happen because of chemical reaction that takes place in your body, Mm -hmm. right? It's like the mixture of, you know, your sweat and all your other stuff, your bodily fluids and everything. Everybody in this cemetery has been dead for how long? Different years, but okay. Well, in this case, a long time. Way long, right? We can agree that no one's been buried there in at least 100 years? Right. Okay. What do you think is left? Bones. Right. If you have bones, you have no body fluid, no muscle tissue, nothing that is going to be able to emit any kind of pheromone. So. Also, if you're going with the theory that pheromones are what is making people get attached, then you have to go along with the theory that people can get attachments. Then how do people get attachments at places where there are no bodies? Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Bam. That's a mic drop right there, Rob. <laughs> you want me to drop my mic? I mean, I could see, like, if it was a, if it was a cemetery that people were still being buried in. So you have something of I could a body. See that, right, because as the body's decomposing, mm-hmm. there's still going to be things, you know, there's going to be fluids, there's going to be things happening still. But if your skin and bones and ash, you're not even skin, your bones and ash at that point, mm-hmm. there's nothing to be able to produce the pheromone. And pheromones are pretty strong. I mean, like, people yep. bottle them. They use them in perfume. Yep. Animals use them. I mean, it's it's a pretty a powerful thing. But you have to be you, you have to be living, or if not living, close to living. So they're, they're really just trying to extend themselves to figure out a new way that these attachments are going home with people. Well, you kind of brought something up that was interesting, though, because, and Rob, maybe you can help me out on this. I believe that there was a book about... I want to say maybe the devil in Connecticut. I'm not exactly sure. There was a book that was written about a true haunting that had the same kind of theory behind it, that if you held on to this book for too long, that stuff would start happening in your house. Oh, yeah. What book was Cabinets would start opening and closing. Things would start to happen. So if you got a hold of this book and you read the story, then you were supposed to, like, pass the book off. And I want to say it had something to do with, like, maybe the devil in Connecticut, but not. But it was like a local. No. Yeah, it was something that was. True haunting. Yeah, it was not something that was readily available. Yes. I don't remember who it was, though. So that. We'll have to look into that. But you remember what I'm talking yeah, about. The I know story behind it. I remember it. what you're saying now. Yep. Because I believe that we had a friend of ours that had this book at one point in their possession. Mm-hmm. Um, and might have even got it through. Some back channel. Yeah. I want to say it was maybe like handed off from somebody to somebody to somebody. And that was the whole idea is that if they... Weren't they they having trouble at their apartment or where they were living? Certain things were starting to happen? Well, I think that that's kind of where we're going with this is that it's like... But again, like if your thoughts are things... Right. And you're reading about something like that and you're super into it and you're, you know, like, oh my God imagining what this would be like are you creating enough energy then right. for things to start to happen or is that phenomenon truly replicating itself based on the fact that you have possession of this yeah. book and even before you get the book you're you're already building it up because you've heard the stories about right. it about what it does yeah. interpretation yeah like you're reading this book and all of a sudden mm-hmm. your light turns on and off in your apartment <laughs> oh you know something's happening you know meanwhile well, there's just a power surge down the block that <laughs> right right <laughs> Well, this, 
So I, I mean, could understand where that theory would come from because I've heard it before. You know, I this know is that, just worded differently. Well, know, not the pheromone it? one, but the one about well, like the book when you're yes. talking about how the author started having all the stuff happen, the yes. fire and everything. Yes. That I can get. The pheromone thing, I got to give you, it's a new one. I haven't heard it before. Yeah. But I mean, what can you blows pull, it? Can you pull a, a, a scent? Okay. It's like taking bones and soaking them in vinegar for 25 years. That scent's going to be in the bones. So is those uh, your pheromones, if they're skin and they're wrapped around your bones in liquid, is that scent going to be in a bone? I don't know. I don't think so because a pheromone needs something living to keep producing it. Okay. Because it's produced by your body. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like it's not just like I get where you're going with it, and I could see how that potentially could make sense. But a pheromone is not a liquid itself. Right. Right. Well, I'm just presenting it's, all sides. It's so something your body of gives off. Right. So if your body's not living anymore, it can't be producing anything that it was because pheromones are exactly what it is. It's your it's it's your sweat. <laughs> it's the way you smell. Right. It's your somebody. ID, your smeller ID. Yes. Smell ID or whatever. That's you why wanna. dogs can find like cadavers because they have that certain kind of scent. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're smelling pheromones. I think they're probably smelling the decay of right. at that body and it has a very distinctive smell and they're trained to find that. So I could see sort of how it's how going. They're tying, they're, how they're trying to tie it in. Yeah. I mean, you can duplicate pheromones right you can make mm -hmm. synthetic pheromones but they still have to be made from something that replicate you know is similar right. to what the original makeup is uh back probably in the early 90s and i don't know exactly about the book there's a book called uh i believe it was called perfume and they made a movie about it and it, it took like 10 years to get this movie together because this book was so good in the sense of um, this guy was going around uh, killing women off and using their scents, their pheromone scents, and, and keeping them alive, like pieces of flesh and stuff. And he was creating uh, perfumes and doing different things with it. And they finally came out with a movie, but it was so hard to reproduce a movie based on pheromone or a scent. They didn't know how to do it. It took forever. I actually didn't read the book, but I watched the movie, and it's a, it's a it's a period piece. Almost it has a almost like a Jack the Ripper type feel, but the idea that they he was using the skin and the flesh, and making all these different types of you want to call them fair, uh, perfumes, scents, whatever. So I can kind of see where a little bit of this can probably you gotta. These guys are looking for answers just like anybody else. Right. And they're trying to put theories together that might work. Right. But a theory should still be based on something, right. something that makes sense. Right. Well, you know? to kind of get this into like a bigger picture and wrap it up a little bit, because there's so much we could delve more into. The Edinburgh University is right around the corner from this place. And their number one thing that they teach at this school is high voltage machinery. So they have all this high voltage mm -hmm. machinery on the property, which is generating energy, mm -hmm. which can cause all types of like, right. like you walk into a house with bare wires and stuff, you know, you get that whole feel going. It could be why people keep passing out. Like see what the EMF levels are there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But you got these this machinery college right there. It's got all this high voltage. You've had a series of um, mass murders there, killings, and all they're doing is feeding off this energy, maybe. And I'm not saying Edinburgh was, you know, it was back when that happened, but it, it doesn't take much to start it up. Because if you try to attract yourself to it and try to get going with it, and then like one person does it, another person does it, and next thing you know, your building is getting haunted more and more. It's ramping up. Then you have people with the intent of coming in there. Plus, they put up this college for whatever purpose. And now you have a voltage and machinery running there. That's a, it's, a, it's like a perfect storm in a sense for getting your energy levels up. So is that part of it? Probably, maybe. But with all these people and this author who, you know, he stayed out there. He got permission to stay out there. There's so much going on there that it's definitely something to, you know, you just don't write it off. Well, I think Whether, you can't. Yeah. I mean, what other haunted location do you know of that's got over 400, you know, people saying that they have been physically attacked right. there and pictures of those attacks? Right. Not of the actual attack happening, but the aftermath of it. Right. And it's like I said before, scratches, cuts. I could see that you could do that even if it's not intentional, you know. You, you do something in the heat of the moment that mm -hmm. you don't realize you did until after the fact. I mean, think about, like, how many times have you ever, like, you know, been in the shower or something and been like, wow, how did I get that bruise? You know, you don't remember right. where that happened. And maybe it's because you got up in the middle of the night and went to the bathroom and bumped the corner or something and didn't even realize you did it. Mm -hmm. I could see how certain things can happen. But it's the burns that get me. And it's the fact that it's not just paranormal investigators that it's happened to. It's just normal people going there for the sake of historical tour, right. yep. whatever it is. And they're leaving with a souvenir. Right. Come back again. Not going there with the intention of trying to rile something up to get it to cause a reaction. Right. So It checks too many of the boxes. I don't think you can dismiss it. Yeah, because like you said, you get the dizziness, the illnesses, nausea that goes along with that stuff out there. So I think it's a place we should go. Let's go. I, I, I just came back from Ireland, and I wanted to go to Scotland next. <laughs> there you go. You just found, found your place. Would you go if you had a big enough crew to be safe? Um, I would have to – I would make my decision when I got there and see how it felt. Oh, well, you're going to take the trip. Oh, yeah. I would totally take <laughs> the trip. There's lots of other things to do in Edinburgh. I, exactly. Besides <laughs> go see, you know, bloody George Mackenzie. But I think that – that would be a, a call I would have to make when I first got there and to see how it felt to me. Yeah, definitely. Rob, you'd definitely be in for it, right? Probably. You guys. Why not? Vague. Vague. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking more of a technical standpoint, like how the hell are we going to set up equipment if it's outdoors? Oh. That's what I'm thinking. We don't. We do like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You bring lipstick and put, like, you know, I mean, because if, if it wants to come back with you, it's got to get on the plane yeah, it's across not gonna, the ocean. It's not going to wait in line at TSA. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. Uh, sir, uh, can you pull over your shadow? What? <laughs> sir, there's the three of you. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, you came up with this. Uh, this is a, a research, and it is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep looking for these weird off-the-beat kind of yeah, places. Yeah, as popular as this is, <laughs> yeah. or as big as this supposedly is, and all this mm -hmm. stuff that happens... It's very quiet on the radar. I know. That's what I mean. I, I came across it just kind of accidentally, and I think that it was weird to me, too, that 
if it is so haunted and has so much going on, how come nobody has gone there and done an episode there? Because I feel like they've beaten down every Everything, single place yeah. that you could possibly. I mean, even Ghost Hunters International, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that show was on for how many years? And why hasn't anyone gone here? Maybe because it's just a graveyard. Or maybe sense. because they're too scared that something might actually happen. Something might actually happen on the show? Spooky. Yeah. I can't see them running away from that. Dude, run. Dude, run. It's a demon. <laughs> All right, Rob. What do you think? I think we're good. You, you, you feeling good about this episode? Yeah. yeah. You so think we, there might be something to this place for real? I think we got to catch a plane to Scotland and find out. GoFundMe account? Yep. Send us to Scotland. Three blind mice. We'll do an episode. Or if we have any, I mean, I know sometimes we have people that listen in the UK, so mm-hmm. if anybody's ever been there. Drop us a line. Yeah. Sure. Any other paranormal yeah. investigators ever? You could hit us up at Parababble everything. Send us a picture That's of your right. burns. That would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. We're always willing to do that and post and go that route, but Parababble Podcast, uh, Gmail, I believe. Yep. Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Facebook iTunes. iTunes. And some new one we're gonna add at some point here. But that's that's how you can reach us at Parababble. I mean we do this for the fans. That's everyone else. We do this because we like it. We do it because we like it. We're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we're signing off on this one. <laughs>